why hello hello everyone i know it's been a little while since i've put out a journey episode but i am excited because i am freshly back from open roads festival uh, which is a van life festival put on by barefoot theory Uh, If you don't know Barefoot Theory, it's B-E-A-R-F-O-O-T, Theory. Check them out. Uh, She puts out amazing content on social media and on their website uh, doing like trip itineraries and lots of other really, really great information, especially around van life. So check them out. Um, But they put on this festival called Open Roads Fest, which is uh, all about van life. And uh, for those of you who don't know, um, this has kind of been calling to me for a little while, this whole idea of being able to uh, live, work, play from the road. Uh, For me, I'm not really interested at this point, at least, in doing it full time. I'm really more interested in in doing it on a part-time basis, you know, taking a few weeks here and there, taking a month. Uh, I'm actually going to be in Colorado the whole month of September traveling around and uh, doing it in a way that, again, is like sustainable. I'm not just like on vacation the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) and just playing, I'm actually like, you know, making all the things work while I'm kind of living on the road. So, um, you know, I feel like the only reason I haven't been doing it or I wasn't doing it previously was because, well, really, it's as simple as I just wasn't doing it, right? I don't think there really was a reason. And I just needed to kind of pick a location, pick some dates, plan it a little and do it. And that's what I did with Open Roads Fest, right? Open Roads Fest, I feel like, was really like the lighter or the match um, to me finding that spark to really get get off my ass and get moving in this direction of like figuring it out. And is this something I want to do? And does this work for me? Um, and how would I want to do it? All of that. Uh, because at the end of the day, I've built a business I can do from anywhere, Uh, pretty much, you know, as long as I have Wi-Fi access. Uh, But that's how I've built this business. I've been very intentional about this is the life I want, right? It's It's about creating a life by design for me. And this is part of it. So I uh, actually saw Open Roads Fest promotion for it, and they were, at the time, they were looking for workshop presenters, so people to come in and be part of the agenda of the festival and, you know, teach or share on different topics. And so I applied about the road to entrepreneurship and becoming an entrepreneur and and being your own boss and starting your own business and all of that good stuff. And so I put in an application to be a workshop presenter and I was accepted and I was invited to participate in Open Roads Festival, which was so exciting. And for me, I feel like that that was the spark, right? I went ahead, I put in the application. I maybe it was a yes or a no. I was still planning on going regardless. But once I got the acceptance and the invite to to be an actual presenter, yeah, that lit a fire under my ass of like, all right, this is this is it. This is now happening. So I did spend, well, I was on the road for about two weeks. I did a, a quick trip to Joshua Tree beforehand and then went back to Vegas, got in my truck and <laughs> drove the 12 hours up to Idaho to attend Open Roads Fest. Uh, after that, I got an Airbnb for a couple nights 
And then after that, I went camping for a couple nights and checking out all of the amazing hot springs and rivers and lakes and just there's so much amazing water in Idaho uh, coming from the desert. I really, really appreciated it. Uh, But yeah, so Open Roads Fest was held in McCall, Idaho, and just such a phenomenal area. And again, Barefoot Theory put out a really incredible itinerary. If that's an area you want to explore, they've got like a full day-by-day itinerary of like all the best places to go, including a lot of the hot springs, uh, which I did explore and they were just phenomenal. So anyhow, I don't know when this recording is going to be out. It's probably a few weeks after my trip, but I wanted to give you the Cliff Notes version of my time at Open Roads Fest. And, you know, I'm going to keep it pretty short and sweet because I want to also share share as part of this podcast uh, the stories of some of the people I met while I was at the festival. You know, they're all like living the van life, right? They're working from their van and they're doing it in their own way and using their own rules. And so I want to show you uh, a little bit of uh, what I learned at this festival and what I've taken away from it, as well as share some of these stories of others that are doing it. All right. So when I kind of sat down afterwards and thought about the, the, the main points, the main things I've taken away or lessons learned uh, while I was at the, the Van Life Festival, I came up with five, I guess maybe five key areas regarding my experience, right? And this is my experience as I start to find my own way into living, working, and playing more from the road. So just keep that in mind. This is my own experience. Uh, But these were the key takeaways. So first, it's you can do it however you want. And I love that this is what I took away from my weekend uh, at Open Roads Fest because this is what I also talk to clients about every day is that we can build our businesses however the hell we want it to look. And uh, I really appreciated that with van lifing. So Um, You can do it part-time. You can do it full-time. You can be the weekend warrior. You can uh, have a vehicle and then go stay in Airbnbs or stay at a hotel every once in a while so you can get a hot shower if you don't have (laughs) access to one, right? Um, You don't have to sell everything off so that you can do this, or you could if you want to. And I met people on both sides of that spectrum, right? I met people that said, nope, I still have a house and I just do this on the weekends or I just do this every couple of months. I hit the road for a week at a time. And then I met the other side of that, which was, oh, we sold off everything. I didn't, you know, I want a very minimalist lifestyle or we had to sell off everything, right? So keep in mind, some of this is really a luxury for some and not so much for others. Um, But there's the full kind of spectrum of that. And I know for a lot of people that were there uh, that for many of my listeners as well, I get this question a lot around, you know, you're interested in working more on a more remote level. And how do you do that with Wi-Fi and all of that? And one of the things I learned about was Starlink. So you can get Starlink um, and and, you know, be able to work in more remote locations 
uh, is just one option, right? There's a cost to it, so you have to be able to pay for it. But uh, a lot of people had Starlink at this festival. So I'm definitely looking into that for myself. And then the other option is, you know, you can go to coffee shops. You can work in libraries. I know when I did my Sedona trip a few months back, uh, that's what I did. I spent two days at the local library. I reserved a private room for a part of it because I had to record a podcast. And it worked out awesome. So there's ways you can kind of work around it and find ways to just do it in your own way and however you want to do that, okay? The second thing is, that you can do it with as little or as much money as you want. So I will say some of these vans I had the pleasure and the honor to to check out, like they were definitely a very, very nice home on wheels, right? Like I'm sure it's a full mortgage payment is <laughs> what, what that is every month, um, which is great, right? But you don't have to do it that way. It's not, it's not all or none, right? There was everything in between. And, uh, you know, even there were people just that drove there in their car and then slept in a tent. So, you know, I'm in my truck. I didn't take a van. I took my Toyota Tacoma, which does have kind of the back is a little bit converted with a bed and some really cute um, fairy lights and stuff. <laughs> but, uh, and I have a, a fridge in in the um, bed of my cab. But, you know, it's nothing fancy. It's just what I need. And I freaking love it. I mean, I really love it because then I can just, it's like, it's not uh, too stressful to drive it because I'm just driving my truck. I'm just driving my car and it's better on gas mileage and all of that. So, you know, again, the point being is that you can do this however you want. It can look however you need it to look, at least in the beginning, right? Sure. I know I have big van life goals and dreams around owning like a really nice Sprinter van or something like that, but that's in time. Right now, I'm just figuring it out. And what I have works um, and I can make it work. And so if it's something that calls to you, I would encourage you to not get caught up in the what it should look like, right? All of the shoulds and just try to make it work as it is right now because it's more about the lifestyle. It's more about the freedom. You know, it's more about really just living life on your terms and by design as we talked about, okay? So that's number two. The third one was really interesting. My third kind of observation was around uh, for those that maybe travel solo, and it doesn't even have to be. You can be traveling with somebody and feel this way, but the whole topic around loneliness, and there was a really great workshop put on by Christine Reed, who's an author we've had on the podcast before, and she kind of led this conversation around loneliness while traveling and feeling alone when you're traveling. And it was really just interesting because I've always prided myself on being like, oh, I love spending time with myself. I love being alone. I am somebody who really, you know, I'm, I'm introverted, I think, by nature. And so I need that time to replenish and to be by myself. And I, I really value my time alone. I'm not afraid to travel alone. I do it all the time. Uh, but with that being said, there are definitely moments, I will say, like, while I was paddleboarding out uh, on the the lake during the festival and while I was sitting in the hot springs and doing these things and seeing these incredible places and meeting these wonderful people where I just kind of felt like, gosh, it would be really nice to have somebody here with me to experience these things. 
So, you know, I guess this is just more of an observation. (laughs) I don't have any answers for you other than many people I talk to felt the same way and they're, they're navigating it. They're figuring out ways to navigate and just that it's okay to have these feelings. It's okay to dance with those feelings a little bit and do it anyways right? That's really the thing. And do these things anyway. Um, You know, still take that trip, even if you're feeling a little bit like, "Mm, you know, I'm not sure I want to go alone. Um, Try it. Just try it, right? You can go for two or three days. You don't have to do a month-long trip. You don't have to do a permanent thing. Um, The other part of that was around safety. So the, the second part of this is around safety. And again, this was a conversation that came up quite often, I think more so with women and women that are traveling alone and just kind of the feeling of safety. And there were some really good tips on things you can do to help ensure your safety and uh, all of that. So, you know, again, that's something that shouldn't hold you back. But I know for me, even while I was out camping by myself after this festival, um, you know, I, I, the older I get, I feel like uh, the more and more I am concerned with my safety, uh, which I guess is normal. And yeah, and so I found myself staying in campgrounds. And normally I'm a total like dispersed camping all the way. I'm kind of like, oh, I'm not going to go stay at a campground uh, with other people around. I couldn't even imagine it. But on this trip, I just was like, you know what? I want to get a good night's sleep. I don't want to have to worry. I don't know this area. There's bears, which I'm not used to dealing with anymore now that I live in Las Vegas and all of that. So Uh, I just said, screw it. I'm staying in some campgrounds and it's fine. And I'll still be safe and do the things I need to do around campgrounds and other people. But it's just was my level of comfort. So just some things to think about there. All right. The fourth one was that, you know, my takeaway is it's a really beautiful community and there's a really beautiful communal aspect to van life in the little bit that I've explored so far is what I'm saying, right? I know there's, this is probably multifaceted, multi-layered, and everyone has a different experience. I can just speak to kind of what I saw at this festival and the people I met and the encounters I had and the workshops I attended, the conversations I was part of. So if you really, you know, can kind of tap into that community part of it, Um, It's really cool. And I met just really nice, nice people who were so open and sharing and willing to help and um, show you what's worked for them, show you what hasn't worked, you know, all of that. And the other thing I like is within this community, I feel like a lot of people value similar things to me, such as having fun and, you know, having this connection to freedom and lifestyle, which are things that are just really, really important to me. Uh, And so I like that I'm surrounded by people like that. The other thing I'll say is, you know, there are all types and ages. There are all looks and colors and sizes and backgrounds and incomes and stories that are part of this whole van life movement right now. I know we don't see that necessarily when we look on social media, but my hope is that that's changing. And groups like Diversify Diversify Van Life are helping us better see kind of the beautiful rainbow of people out there right now doing van life. And, you know, so others who maybe don't look like me or maybe don't look like you can see themselves in van life and know that they have a place and it's safe. It's a safe space for them. 
Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's really it's really the responsibility on all of us in the van life community to amplify these messages and change the narrative to be um, to be inclusive and equitable for all who are seeking this kind of lifestyle. I know after this event, um, after the workshop I attended with Diversify Van Life, check them out on Instagram, um, I was left asking myself some some real questions, you know, what can I do and how do I fit into this conversation and even more so, how can I become part of the solution? All right. So that was a really, I think, powerful, beautiful, necessary uh, experience I had while being there. And, um, you know, just kind of confronted with some of these these topics and really, really important conversations that need to be had. All right. The last one, the fifth one, is just remembering that it's all about the journey. I know it's such a cliche thing to say, but it's so freaking true if you really actually stop and think about those words. Like, it really doesn't have much to do about the destination, it's really about the process. Everything is about the process and the process is the journey. And there will be challenges along the way. Like nothing is perfect. Um, you know, I, I even saw it there. Like even the nicest rigs had issues, right? Um, couples who get along great, they have to figure out how to live and be in a small space together and how to communicate better. So there's other challenges that come up just – um, you know, when you're with other people, if you're a solo traveler, right? Challenges around feeling lonely, feeling scared, safety, and, um, you know, things will, will, uh, they don't go as planned most of the time is what I heard and what I learned. And it's largely about our attitudes towards these difficult moments and how do we handle them? Not to say we have to be happy all the time, right? Um, but the journey will bring up things that we may not otherwise want to see or we might not want to admit to or we might not want to look at when we're in our kind of comfy, stable, and busy lives. And I guess what I learned was to just embrace it. And I heard so many people talking about this, like embrace it, communicate, 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 especially if you're with somebody else, right? It's all about communication. And, you know, um, just this whole process will make us more resilient, will make us stronger. Yet we can do it from a place of, you know, being gentle and being compassionate to ourselves and to others at the same time. So the whole journey part of this, I'm really just starting to tap into and really appreciate and see there's so much growth that can come from it. All right. So those are my five main takeaways, my five main messages that I was able to kind of pull from, from my experience at this Van Life Festival. I do have so much more I could share, but I'll just leave it here for now because I really want you to hear from those who are doing it. They're doing this van life thing, right? They're in it. Um, they're not doing it. They're like being it. They're, they've embodied it. They're in it. They're on the road. They're living. They're working. They're playing. And they're actively doing it. And, you know, they've been gracious enough to open up and give us some of their insights into the real world of van life. So let's get into that. Hey, everyone. I am Brittany. And I'm going to come on the podcast and share a little bit of my story. Um, I'm really grateful and honored to be here in your ears right now. Um, some logistical stuff, if you're interested in staying connected with me, uh, you can find me on Instagram at 
breathwork caravan. Uh, I am full-time in my van. I've been full-time for about nine months now. Uh, so still a little bit of a newbie, but settling in. And I drive a bright teal 1994 Ford Econoline, most importantly, named Donna Louise. Um, she has a lot of character. Uh, I'll share on this entire thing. Um, Polly has been one of the best adventure buddies. Um, being in a van with a dog uh, can definitely add to the challenge, but it also adds to, at least for me, a lot of the enjoyment that I get in being able to explore the U.S. with her. Um, I did build out my van myself uh, with the help of two friends, uh, which is really great. Before I did my van builds, I had zero experience using any tools other than a drill and a hammer. Um, so it was a really nice, uh, wonderful thing to learn, uh, but also really grateful that I had some support of friends that knew a little bit more than I did, but were also really willing to uh, also learn in the process because a lot of it was new for them. Um, so it was a journey. <laughs> I won't lie, it wasn't um, the easiest journey having had no experience going into it. Um, but it is a journey that has definitely uh, expanded my horizons and my tool sets, uh, which was really cool. Um, what got me interested in van life? So I have been fairly nomadic um, for the last eight or so years. Um, I left Chicago. I had a pretty traditional American lifestyle there. Uh, I owned a gym, um, was really successful in the personal training space. I owned my own condo uh, and the urban lifestyle uh, just really started to wear down on me. So about eight years ago, I decided I needed a really big change and I sold everything I owned um, and distilled my belongings down to what fit in a backpack. I traveled around the world for quite a bit of time. Um, since then, I've had the opportunity to live in several countries, including New Zealand and India and the Netherlands and Portugal. Um, and during COVID, for a variety of reasons that kind of coalesced and came together, I lost my overseas visa and it really wasn't um, logistically recently been my MO the last several years. So I knew I had to come back to the U.S., um, but determining where and how I wanted to come back to the U.S. actually caused a lot of anxiety for me. And what ended up feeling like the best solution was instead of picking a location to settle down in, uh, to get a van and just live everywhere. So that's what got me into van life. Um, the transition into it from a nomadic, uh, more nomadic lifestyle has been fairly easy, to be honest. Um, jumping from a backpack into a van, uh, I actually am able to have way more belongings than I've had in my possession for many years. Uh, so in that regards, it's actually been quite an upgrade. Um, yeah, one of the ways in which I'm able to make it work from working from the road and in a van, um, I am really fortunate that the organization that ends, um, I'm able to work remotely. Uh, part of that is because the team is really small and we basically create the environment as we move. Um, and I'm also really fortunate that the industry that I'm in is in the psychedelic space and people tend to be really um, just a lot more open-minded and flexible and tend to not be so stuck on a lot of the boundaries that um, maybe some other more traditional 
uh, industries tend to be stuck on. So I'm really grateful that I have the opportunity. And then in addition to that, uh, I do also uh, teach the Wim Hof method, um, which is a combination of breath work and cold exposure, as well as yoga. Um, I don't do it full time. It's more just something that I really enjoy giving people. So one of the things that's been really exciting and fun while in the van is actually traveling around the U.S. And when I can, um, offering Wim Hof experiences uh, or teaching yoga at festivals or in communities that are bringing me in to learn that. So that's where my Instagram handle breathwork caravan comes from. Um, if you're listening and you'd like to bring um, any of those experiences, whether it's microdosing education or Wim Hof experiences or yoga, um, please do reach out to me. I love connecting with like-minded individuals and bringing these experiences together. Um, some challenges I've had to overcome. Um, van life comes with a lot of challenges. Uh, one in particular uh, that I didn't realize so much before getting into the van is that stuff breaks all of the time, um, whether that's actually in the van on the build um, or actually with my van, um, just going back to the fact that I am in a 1994, so my girl is old. Um, and learning how to build is one thing but learning how to fix things on the road and be resourceful when you don't always have a full set of tools or the right uh, shops or stores at your finger um, definitely lends itself to a lot of challenges oftentimes fortunately they can become really comical challenges once you've solved them um but yeah i'd say that's like one of the biggest challenges is just getting to the point where you understand that that's kind of always going to be there. And if you choose this lifestyle, you are choosing a lifestyle where you have to learn how to be more resourceful and creative. And that um, convenience isn't always avail available to you for solving those types of challenges that come up. Um, an item in the van that I can't live without would probably be my dog. Does that count? I, you can't have her. Um, she's not available for sharing, but, um, yeah, my dog, um, yeah, dogs in a van can be a lot more challenging, but as I mentioned at the start, um, she's also just such a wonderful adventure buddy. Um, she forces me to take a lot more breaks throughout my day, especially when I'm spending time by myself, um, out in the middle of nowhere, it's very easy for me to get really absorbed in work and never leave. Um, and having her around really encourages me to take constant breaks and to really absorb what the lifestyle has to offer, which is actually exploring all of these wonderful areas that I am able to have as my backyard so frequently. So yeah, my dog. Yeah, my best piece of advice for those looking to get into van life is probably to travel slowly. It's really exciting um, when you first get into it. Um, I fell victim to this. A lot of van lifers that I've talked to have also expressed similar struggles initially, and that is just jumping into the excitement of being able to go and live everywhere and maybe over planning and over traveling. Uh, one of the beautiful things about the lifestyle is it really does lend itself well to a slower pace of life. Um, so even though the upside is you can see a lot of places. 
uh, more easily than other lifestyles. You don't have to see all of those places all at once. Um, they're all always going to be there for you. So going into it, just starting slow, starting slower, not allowing yourself to get um, as caught up in the excitement of the go, 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 and just really dipping in to, yeah, the slower pace of life that is very much available uh, with this alternative lifestyle. So hope that was helpful. Again, if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at breathworkcaravan. And a huge thank you to Liz um, for having me on, letting me share a few bits about my story and for bringing all of this wonderful information uh, to your ears. So thanks, Liz. Thanks so much to Brittany for sharing with us. And thanks everyone for listening. Looking forward to putting out some more episodes like this for you. Uh, get out there, have some fun, stay safe, happy adventuring.